Good morning. How's everybody? Good. I'm the pastor and the sound man today. Let me fix this stuff. There we go. How's everybody? Happy New Year? Y'all look good. Man, you look like it's 2023 or something. You never thought it would get here. It's here. Amen? Does anybody do New Year's resolutions? I asked the serve team, and no one's like, like all grumpy. I'm like, come on, people. We need some New Year's resolutions. And you can start today. Amen? Three people clapped. We'll be getting you clapping more. Come on, can we all just try it one time? The Baptists, come on, help us out, Baptists. The Pentecostals, let's hear some of the Pentecostals. The Methodists. The Presbyterian, okay. We have some Catholics, old school Catholics in the house. Yeah, let's hear. Yeah, we, there we go. Come on. We got every, isn't that awesome? We're a part of a church with all sorts of different people from all sorts of different backgrounds. And we all get to meet together at New Hope and open up the word today. And in a moment, I got a little bit I want to talk about before, but today we're doing the Gospel of John, part nine. Woo! So uh, make sure you start coming out on Wednesday nights. It's going to be awesome. This Wednesday we are worshiping, but I also have a word for the year. So you're going to want to come to that. You don't want to miss it. And uh, the youth are having their deal going on. It's going to be good. But what if I told you that this year could be a different year? What if I told you this year could change your, the whole trajectory of your life? What if I told you this could be your best year? And I don't even have to write a book to tell you about it. I just have to say, hey, follow Jesus this year. Put him first this year. We all, some of us, okay, I guess just me, according to the popular opinion of the no claps, uh, I, do, I do New Year's resolutions. And I think it's good when you turn over that new year and say, God, this year I'm excited, I'm ready for something new, because what? guess what? His blessings, his mercies are new every morning, every new year. He says, I want to do a new thing in you. Did you know that? In Isaiah, he says, he wants to make rivers through the dry desert land. That's a pretty big deal, right? So if you came out of 22 really dry, this is your year. Amen? If you need a healing in your body, this is the year you will be healed. And we're going to pray about it for you today. Amen? We're believing for it. If this is the year, like, I just need to follow Jesus this year. Today is the day of salvation, the word says. Today is your day. What if I told you this could be your best year? And then what if I flipped it over a little bit and said, what if this was your last year? What if this was your last year? What if Jesus came in 2023 or Jesus took you home in 2023? Would you live a little bit differently? We would, wouldn't we? We would change some things in our life. Some of those habits, those bad habits, we would say, I'm ready to kick the bad habit, right? I'm ready to put some New Year's resolutions on my calendar in my notes on my phone, amen? So today, take some notes, make some New Year's resolutions. This is your year, and most importantly, it's God's year, amen? 
what if we started doing the things God called us to do before? Like, you know what? God called us to do things. I believe it, right? If we open up the word of God, there's things in there that God has called all Christians to do. And one of those things is to worship. One of those things is to open up the word and read it. What if you said this year, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through? Amen? What if this year you said, I'm going to pray with my family every night before bed? Wouldn't those be good New Year's resolutions? And if you miss a day, that's okay. You get up the next day and you try again, right? Because God has grace for us. Isn't it great we're not part of a religion, but we have a relationship with Jesus? Isn't that great? I remember hearing people, are you religious? I said, I hope not. I hope not. I want a relationship with Jesus. And I am not perfect. I'm not, none of us are, right? And what if you said, you know what, I, this year I'm praying that God would heal my body. I'm praying that God would heal my mind. I'm praying God would help me give. This is the year I will tithe for the first time. Man, I remember the year I started tithing for the first time. 2001, I started tithing. 2002, somewhere around there. It seems like a long time ago, and for some of you, you're like, that was like last year, wasn't it? That was a long time ago. I was 18 years old, and I started tithing. And you know what? I've never needed that money back. God has always taken care of me. What if this was your year? Giving up those bad habits, starting a new one. You know, one of my New Year's resolutions, and this one is just a simple one, every Friday... Um, Emma's cleaning the car out. <laughs> we missed Friday, so Saturday I said, hey, Emma, time to clean the car. We got in Sunday morning. She came to church with me at 7 a.m. Come on, let's give it up for Emma. She, we, we get to the church this morning. She's like, Dad, where is everybody? I said, this is what it looks like. <laughs> but yesterday she tidied out the car. We got in the car this morning. I said, Emma, isn't it nice to get in a clean car? And it took her like five minutes because we had cleaned the car the week before. That's just the simple, one of the simple things. You know, our world is awfully busy, aren't, aren't we? We're really distracted. We've got their, we have phones, we have screens in all the rooms. We've got so much distraction in our life. And we don't want any quiet anymore. We have to have noises going on constantly, Right? Either the radio, podcast, a TV show, we're on the phone, we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok, or as Dave Ramsey calls it, TikTac. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're so distracted by everything, and the enemy has us right where he wants us, distracted. And guess what happens when we're distracted? We go off and we sin or we get into bad habits or we, we start doing things that we're not called to do. God wants us to be on his page and not distracted. We, we're, the enemy loves it. Look what it says. And I, I love this about the, the word and I love this story. And like I said, we'll get to the sermon soon. Is that okay? This is the pre-sermon. I haven't preached for a while. So you okay with two sermons today? All right. <laughs> Mark 4. 14 
Going on, it says this, the farmer sows the word. Everybody say the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seeing seed sown on rocky places. Hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, what? They quickly fall away. Still others, verse 18, says this, still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the distractions, right? And the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Are we distracted? Are we allowing the word to go down deep, like it says in verse 20? Look at this. Others, like people at New Hope, like people in Frostproof. Others, like seed sown on good soil. Everybody say good. That was good. Hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Look at this. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times. What was sown? I'm not used to these things. Is that okay? Awesome. Some 30, 60, and 100 times. Do you want to produce fruit? Do you want to see fruit in your life? I once did a garden on the side yard at our house, and we planted some little tomatoes. What do they call the little ones? Cherry tomatoes. Those things are, I don't, I'm not a big tomato guy, but if I had tomatoes, those would be the ones. So there was this little plant, and I researched how to grow these things, and it was definitely a hundredfold. It went, it was taller than me, which isn't much, but these, these went from a little tiny plant to over seven feet tall, and they were just like, John, when we, we sold the house, we were moving. John's out there just like grabbing. He's like, wait, we can't leave any of these. <laughs> we had bowls and bowls and bowls of them. Would you like a year like that? Amen. Let's pray. And we're going to pray that God gives new hope, you personally, us corporately, an amazing year. Jesus, thank you for a great Sunday. Thank you that we get to gather together in freedom in this church. And Lord, I just pray that today you would heal those that need a physical touch in their bodies. Lord, you're our healer. You're the great physician. Lord, I pray that this year that your word would, would uh, rest on good soil and it would produce a harvest. It would produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 times. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And you know what I notice when we do that, when we're not distracted, when we are that soil that says, okay, I'm ready for the seed to be sown, guess what happens? We start listening. You're like, God hasn't talked to me. Maybe you're not listening. Because God has been speaking from the beginning of time. The first words were what? Let there be light. And there was light. What he speaks happens. And so maybe, just maybe, the reason why you're not hearing from God, simple. You're not listening. In the Old Testament, it said he came and he spoke in a what? A still, small voice. 
So at night now, instead of watching things, I'll read and then I'll just listen and ask God to speak to me and that I wouldn't be distracted. Because our world is distracting, isn't it? All right, you ready for the second sermon? All right, first one was pretty good. Like, come on. All right, so we are in an awesome series. We're going to be going through John. And if you haven't been around a while, you can watch the other ones online. Last, Who watched online last Sunday? That was pretty awesome. We got to be online. We blessed all of our serve team. But today we are in part nine. And here is the passage of scripture that we're going to be looking at today. John 5, 1 to 9. And can we stand? And I'm going to read the word for us. We'll stand And it says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an uh, invalid. For 38 years. Imagine this. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Well, yeah. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. Well, I am trying to get in. Someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus says to him, Get up, pick up your mat. At once the man was cured. He was healed. He picked up his mat and walked. Lord, thank you for the word. Speak to us today through it. Amen. You may be seated. Isn't this an amazing story? And before we get to these points today, um, I want to talk a minute about this man. Imagine from maybe the day he was born, he's, 30, he's been there 38 years, so we're not, sure, we're not sure how old he is. Guess how old your pastor is? 38. So imagine my whole life sitting beside this pool and thinking, if I can just get in the water into where the bubbles up before anybody else, I'll be healed. Imagine that being your only goal in life is to hopefully get to the place that could heal you. That would be a pretty sad existence, wouldn't it? And you also can't move. Maybe you can only move your arms. That would be a, a hard 38 years. So I have some ideas for you today. And number one is this. Ordinary, if you want to write it down, ordinary to extraordinary. Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. That's pretty ordinary. That was a thing that he had done since he was a child with his parents. We see in Luke 2 that he went to uh, Jerusalem for a festival, and we see that he got left behind. He was home alone, right? Except for he didn't mess with these bad guys in the house. He started teaching them, right? Right? So Jesus, this was a normal thing. He went down to Jerusalem for a festival, ordinary. Do you have an ordinary life like me? You get up, you put your pants on one leg at a time like me. Anybody, can you do two at a time? Anybody? Oh, one person. 
Awesome, Lucas. I'm so proud of you, bro. You show me this later, okay? Ordinary, right? Getting up, breakfast, going to work, going to school. That's an ordinary thing, right? Reading our Bible, doing all what we're supposed to be doing. Ordinary. But it turned out that that day wasn't just an ordinary day. Do you know that this year, each day is important? And can, God can turn your ordinary day into an extraordinary day? Isn't that good? And so we think, oh, well, this is just another day. No, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Thank you. Jesus is wanting to show us that our regular, ordinary day can be as important as this day. That he showed up. He's like, oh, I got to go. He's walking by and he sees the pool. He's like, I got to go over here. And he's looking around maybe. Maybe he's praying and he's what, God, what do you want me to do today? Father, what, what would you like me to do today? What if we did that? You know that you have the same power in you if you're filled with the Spirit, if you're a follower of Christ. You have the same power in you that raised Jesus from the dead. Right? We go through life and we're just, we just kind of do our ordinary thing. Ah, just another day. But what if we said, you know what? My day can be just like Jesus' day. That something extraordinary can happen. Um, in the commentary from Eugene Peterson, the message, Romans, he wrote this. In uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it said this, So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walk around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into, with, into it without even thinking. Here we go back to the distracted thing. Don't be so well-adjusted to our culture, church, that you just fit in. And you're like, oh, that's just a regular person. They kind of do, the, do the TikTok thing. I don't know. Instead... Fix your attention on God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. And quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Amen? Look at this. Develops well-formed maturity in you. Amen. Isn't that good? That take everything that you do, 
We're all still going to be doing those ordinary things. Let God flip them to extraordinary, right? And I remember uh, one youth night in November or December after youth, Emma and I went to Checkers. Praise the Lord. Anybody like Checkers fries? Amazing. Well, Emma and I somehow got kicked out of the drive-thru. Um, the lady was not happy with us. Uh, and she used some language with us. And it was funny because we had some guys who, were, who come to church. I'm looking around. I don't think they're here today. <laughs> Someone's laughing. It's her grandson. We had some fellows that, that came to church here working, and they're like, what is happening? I'm just saying, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't know what we did. She's like, you can have your money back. I'm like, praise the Lord. And she said, you can go to McDonald's. So we're like, all right. God bless. You know, I had to, you know, show Emma how to respond well to adversity. And we just drove off nice and quietly into the night. We went to Wendy's, I think, after that. We didn't do the McDonald's thing. And you know what was interesting about this incident, this ordinary incident that happened in my life? Does this kind of stuff happen to you guys or just to pastors? And it tests, our, it tests us. Like, how is Landon going to respond to this one? I think I, want, I, I think I did okay, everybody. So Christmas Eve comes around, like literally my day off and to go buy Christmas stuff. I'm at Walmart at 9 in the morning. And some lady comes, like, coming at me. I'm like, okay, should, does she go to New Hope? Do I know her? Who is this? What's her name? What's her name? You know how your mind does all this stuff, right? Who is this? And she's, like, half crying. She said, I am so sorry. I said, and then it clicked. She is the manager from Checkers. Or from, you're not supposed to know who this is. So don't go there and give her a hard time. She comes up to me, I'm so sorry. And she starts, I said, don't worry about it. I love you. And I gave her a big hug. And then she's like, I cried every day, and this is this, and this is this. I feel so terrible. I said, I gave her another hug. I said, I love you. Merry Christmas. And you know what? To me, that's an extraordinary act. And it's not because I did it, but it's because of the love in me that Jesus gave me, and we should show that to people around us, even on their bad day. Because I'll tell you what, I have bad days. <laughs> Ask Tara. Okay. But imagine this ordinary thing. You think of the good Samaritan. He's on his journey, and he finds the guy by the side of the road. He could have just kept walking. He's like, my ordinary day would just be keep walking. Right? But guess what? He sees this person he has compassion for them. He puts them up for the night, leaves money to help them with food, bandages them up, helps them out. Church, shouldn't we be like that? Don't let extraordinary circumstances pass you because you want to keep doing the ordinary. Ordinary is like ordinary. We want to be extraordinary in 2023. Amen? 
we're thinking, well, no, I just got to do a big thing for Jesus. Like, I got to do something big. Let's plan it out. It's going to take a year to figure this out. You know what I've noticed in my life? That little things over time turn into big things. I even wrote a quote. You want to hear it? This is tweetable. Does anybody use Twitter anymore? Too bad. The small things over time become big things in time. The small things we do become big things over time. So you're like, oh, we got to do that big thing. Do the small stuff. And the big stuff will work itself out. Amen? Because those become big things. That was the cool, one of the coolest things that happened to me over the Christmas break was that lady, like, I don't know. I just, it was an amazing experience to have. Extraordinary. All right, so the first one is what? Ordinary to? Are you ready for part two? Compassion like Jesus. Look what it says in John. So you write that down. Compassion. We're supposed to have compassion like Christ in 2023. Amen? Sometimes we see people and we judge a book by its cover, don't we? Like, oh, that's what's... Mm, mm. Right, we start mumbling stuff under our breath, and oh, another Canadian. Oh, look at that license plate. I've done that before. I'm like, oh no. Now I know why I almost got ran off the road. Just kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, John five six. Look at this. This is the next. This is a part of of the text we're looking at today. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Great question, right? Do you want to get well? Have you ever asked somebody a question you already knew the answer to? But it's important to ask it, isn't it? You just want to make sure you're like clarifying. Are you sure you're going to eat that barbecue? That brisket? Are you are you sure? Jesus asked, Do you want to get well? Jesus stopped and had compassion for the man. Have you ever had compassion for somebody? You're like, wow, I can't believe they lived that way. I can't believe they went through that thing. Can't believe Tara has to put up with Landon. Sometimes it's hard to have compassion for others. Maybe because we've never walked a mile in their shoes. Maybe we just don't get it. That's okay, isn't it? It's okay if we don't get it. We can still have grace and compassion for other people. It's like, I don't understand. That's okay. You don't have to understand to have compassion. But what if for a moment we did place ourselves in that person's shoes? 
man, I, I, I don't know how it would be to deal with that. Or I, let me go sit with you for an hour. Let me, let me hear your story. Imagine Jesus seeing this man 38 years he was disabled, hoping that he would sit by the pool of Bethesda under the, the five colonnades there and that, that someone would help him into the water so that he could be healed. Jesus had compassion for him. And you know what? Jesus knew he could make a difference. You know that you can make a difference? I got one. Anybody else? I got two, three, four. You can make a difference. Why? Because Christ made a difference in you. You can, all of us can pray for somebody. Like Pastor Landon, I don't like praying out loud. Why? Just do it. (laughs) But it makes me nervous. You're talking to God. He's your best friend, the Bible says. It's okay. You can do it. Greg, you can do it, man. And guess what? We know the miracle worker. He lives in us. You know, I just read a book. Have you ever read the book, The Cross and the Switchblade? Anybody ever read this book? This book is amazing. I read it this week, and this one, what I like about this, because I was looking on Amazon, you can buy a newer version but I found this a long time ago, and I finally pulled it out. This one was printed in 1977. The pages are like brown. This thing is awesome. So the cross and the switchblade is by David Wilkerson. He was an AG pastor, and he was in this small town in Pennsylvania. And I'll just give you the quick cliff notes of this. Um, and he was praying one night. And he felt like God wanted him to sell his TV. He's like, I'm the only one in this house that watches TV. And he'd watch all the stuff at night. Like he, that was his like relaxed time. And he said he felt like God wanted him to sell his TV because he was wasting time at night. He said, if I sell the TV, I can pray from 12 to 2 a.m. Crazy man, Right? Maybe do that in the morning. I don't know. But this, this is what he did. So the next morning, he told his wife, he said, listen, I'm going to sell my TV. I'm going to put it in the paper because back then you'd put it in the paper. This is back in the mid-50s. Mid he put it in the paper. He, he told his wife, he said, if, if uh, someone uh, buys the TV in 30 minutes or less of me receiving our paper, then I know it's from the Lord. I'm like, how do you put that kind of time limit on the Lord? So that day they're waiting. He's got 29 minutes. He's like, oh, okay. And his, kid, his wife's like, on the, on the 30th minute, someone calls it. Uh, are you selling a TV? Yes. How much do you want for it? He forgot how much to put for the, he's like, uh, this is the 50s. He's like, $100. He's like, okay, I'll be over there in 15 minutes to get your TV. So, one night as he was praying, he started the doing the praying from 12 to, 12 to 2. One night he paused his prayer and he felt like he was supposed to pick up a magazine, a life magazine. 
And in there was a story about seven young gang members in New York City, or part of a gang, who had killed another young man, and they were on trial. Well, instead of him having hate for the young men, he, he had this compassion for them. How would these young teenagers get to the point of killing another kid? And so when he went back to prayer, he heard these voices, go to New York City and help those kids. And he did. It was an eight-hour drive. He went the next day. He tried to go to the trial. He got kicked out of the trial. And it started this long time of him going to the city and helping young gang members, which turned into Teen Challenge. I don't know if you've heard of it. That changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives. And even to this day, I, I went online. I don't know if these are new, but it says that there's over 1,200 Teen Challenge centers operating in 118 nations all over the world. 87.5% of graduates do not require additional treatment. They're drug addicts. They come in with all sorts of addictions and problems. They encounter the Holy Spirit, and they follow Jesus, and it changes their life. Why? Because one man sold a TV and had compassion like Jesus. Couldn't we have that compassion too? Amen. So one of so one of my uh, one of my New Year's resolutions is to read a book a week. That's a lot, right? So I read this book this week. So what I want to do is I want to challenge someone in here to read this book this week. So you got to bring it back to me Sunday. Anybody want to read it? All right, it's awesome. Sweet. There. I'm going to do it to someone next week, too, probably, unless the book is bad. But you know what? What's amazing about this, they made movies off out of this. There was a guy named Steve Hill that went through the program, and he became the evangelist of the Brownsville Revival. Like, like it, changed the, it changed the trajectory of thousands of people's lives by one person saying, I want to have compassion like Jesus. And he turned his ordinary TV time into extraordinary prayers that changed people's lives for eternity. Isn't that a big deal? Look what it says in Matthew 9.36. Matthew 9.36. When, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Amen? All right, the third one. Everybody say three. Give a helping hand. Give a helping hand. Here's what Charles Spurgeon says. A multitude of needy people were there. So he's saying this um, about this scripture. 
Yet none of them looked to Jesus. A blindness had come over these people at the pool. There they were, and there was Christ, who could heal them. But not a single one of them sought him. Their eyes were fixed on the water, expecting it to be troubled, or they were so taken up with their own chosen way that the true way was neglected. Do you ever notice that we think we know best for ourselves? Like, well, if I only, if I only can do this, if I only get this job, but yet we're not looking to Jesus to show us the way. Well, the pool, that's, oh, that's my solution. If I could just get to the pool... If that could be the place. What I love about Christ is he's not someone who is going to force himself on you. But when you say, I I need some help, you know what he'll do? He'll give you a helping hand. But when we go through life, we're like, well... I think I can do it better. I think I've got it figured out. If only I could get this kind of house. If only I could have this amount of money, then we'll be good. Jesus says what? Do you want to be healed? Look what it says in John. So we're, we're going a little bit further now into this verse. He asked him, do you want to get well? To get well, sir, the invalid replied, "I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me." You know, Charles Spurgeon pictured the multitude waiting around the waters of the pool, this Bethesda, all of them waiting instead of looking to Jesus. He thought, how foolish this waiting is for many people, right? Some wait for more convenient season. We hear from the Lord, like, well, I'll do that when I retire. Some wait for dreams and visions. Some wait for signs and wonders. You know what I've noticed in the Word? Is that when when someone steps out, then God does the sign and wonder. Have you noticed that? Where, where Moses puts his staff over the water, then guess what happens? The water splits open and the Israelites can walk on dry ground. Do you notice that? When we step out in faith, then the signs and wonders happen. Some wait to be compelled. Some wait for revival. Some wait for a certain feeling. Some wait for a celebrity. I asked on Facebook this week, what, I'm going to go to it, sorry. I meant to put it in the notes here. I said, if you could fix, if you could fix one problem in our world, what would it be? And here's some of the responses. Let's see here. 
the hate people have for each other. The whole world. And then my brother put, definitely to bring Chick-fil-A and Krispy Kreme to Canada. Leave it to my brother. A nation who's hungry for God. Love each other no matter what. That all children go home to a healthy, loving environment. To love one another. No child would go hungry. Someone put me. The heart of man. Put God back in school. Bring the fear of God back into every home. Get rid of social media. And then someone put, and world peace. So you can, I can go on and on and on, but guess what, church? You can fix those problems in your world. And what if everybody did their part this year? Couldn't it change your world? Couldn't it change Frostproof or Avon Park or Highlands County or Polk County? Or wherever you're from, it could. Maybe we could take JFK's approach and attitude. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And we could use that in all areas for our job, our church, our home, and the people around us. And then the last one is this, number four, Jesus heals. Do you notice that in this, in this scripture that we got to read today, that Jesus healed the man by just saying, get up, take your mat, and walk? You know that Jesus can do that through you this year? Not because of your power, but the power of Christ who's in you. That you can say to your friend, hey, I want to pray for you. Get up, walk, you're healed. Jesus can change in you. Amen? Can we stand before we go today? Church, I want to challenge you. This year, make it a different year. 2020 is over. 2021 is over. 2022, which is part two of 2020, is over. This is a brand new year. Isn't that awesome? So when we look back at 2023 and we say, man, 2022 was awful. Some of you might think that, right? But 2023 is going to be an awesome year. Why? Because we're going to focus on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Because why? Because the same story, this is the same story we read today can happen every day. You get to be, Jesus said, listen, he's the light of the world. Guess what? Now you are the light of the world. So when you're walking around, I'm not saying you're Jesus, but I'm saying you carry him with you everywhere you go. That's big. And so today, even today, can we pray for those who need healed today? If there's someone beside you or around you that needs healed, put your hand on them. If you want to come up front and you want to be prayed for today for a healing touch, 
I want to pray for you. It's a great way to start the new year, isn't it? Let's pray for, for those that need healed today. Amen. pray right now, Lord, for 2023, Lord, that it would be the year. All of the things we've dreamed about, all of the things that you've put in our heart, all of the hopes, all of the things that you have, Lord, that you would start speaking them to us even at this very moment. Lord, that your word would go. Lord, we wouldn't be so distracted that we wouldn't hear it, but Lord, we would hear the still, small voice. And we pray for healing touch all throughout the building today. Physically, mentally, emotionally, that you would touch right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, can we celebrate today? Come on, church. Come on. We can do better than that. This year we're going to celebrate. Imagine that day. Come on. Imagine that day that that man got up and he walked home. He didn't walk home like, oh, that was a good day. He celebrated. He ran home to tell everybody. Amen.